The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. That was a heavy first hour of the 630 Chad Afternoon News, but we navigated our way through it. Brandy Graziano still in studio for Jaylen Nye. Uh, Dr. Gans has joined us for his weekly, monthly. I wish it was weekly, Dr. Gans. I think what we should do <laughs> is have... Work on it. We should have a monthly get-together here on the radio. Uh-huh. And then you and I should hang just out hang once out week. once a week. <laughs> because I always feel so much go. better. I'm a little nervous about this one. I've been promoting it uh, for a couple of days now. Seven ways you're killing your relationship without even knowing it. I said off the top of the show that you probably had me in mind <laughs> when you chose the topic. Yeah, I've been watching. <laughs> yeah, and listening. So talk to me about that. Give me an overview. Well, well, and generally, generally, there are things that we do in our relationships that we don't even know we're doing. We, we have never been taught this. We've never really, no one's kind of pointed out to us. And they're, they're, they can be really subtle things uh, that we might not even pay attention to. But if we do them right, it makes a huge difference in how we build the relationship. But if we do them wrong, it makes an even bigger uh, difference to, you know, kind of the, the negative aspects of our relationship, how our partner feels about us, how, uh, how much intimacy there is how we feel about the, the partner as well and so that's that's really what I want to talk about is those subtle things that may not seem like a big deal in the moment but have very serious long-term cumulative repercussions so you mentioned learning right how to do a relationship or I guess I don't know that you said learning but we've you don't get taught how to do a relationship though that's the thing right you watch your parents you watch those around you and you're influenced by them. Yeah. But I can't think of a time in which anyone sat me down as part of a required curriculum right. and said, this is how you handle relationships, right? And I think you're probably also shaped by the good and bad relationships you've had going yep. back to your very first relationship. Absolutely right. And and this is this is one of the things, and this is what I do when I work with like my people, my couples, or when I'm in workshops or whatever, because we're not taught that. I mean, you know, really... <laughs> you need you you have to apply for a fishing license, but you don't have to apply for a relationship license yeah. or to have kids or to, you know I mean yeah. you just got to apply for a marriage license. But you know what I mean. Um, we're not taught. We're actually we're actually absorb. We actually absorb what we see and experience around us. So we, typically our parents, right? Um, after that, it it comes to sort of what we see in the media and the people who are around us. But very few of us actually do that learning consciously. It's usually all unconscious. It's just we observe it, whatever we grew up around or see, we think is normal, so we do it that way. And even when we try to change, if we come to, um, you know, read a book or go to a seminar or whatever and say, okay, I'm going to do something different, it takes a lot of energy to be able to pay attention to what you do because a lot of that learning, quote unquote, is or really is conditioning, it's unconscious. So as soon as you stop looking at what you're doing, you'll drift back to what you know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that's the other thing there that you touched upon, but I, and I don't want to throw a wrench into the works right off the top, but let's keep this real. <laughs> the other thing is that if you're in a long, if you've been in a long-term relationship, mm-hmm. 15, 20, 25 years, and now you're more enlightened and, and you've taken a seminar, you've mm-hmm. read a book, and you think to yourself, well, there are things I could do differently, mm-hmm. but you can't go back in time, and that... 15, 20, or 25 years that you've spent together, the mistakes that you've made become the foundation of the relationship, and it becomes difficult to say, okay, I'm going to do everything differently starting today, right? Mm -hmm. And somehow wipe out the history, (laughs) right, that defines your relationship. Well, 
Yes and no. Okay, so you can't go back in time, but there are things that you can do, agreements you can have with your partner to start over, right? Um, but it takes it takes uh, it's almost like a hard reset. Okay, so what I do with my couples that I work with is, you know, we sit down in the session and we'll actually negotiate that. It's like, is it okay if we start over? I mean, both people have to agree to that. And you have to understand that if you're starting over, you're creating new history from this point forward, but that doesn't erase the old history. It's mm-hmm. still there. And even if you make the conscious decision to like, okay, we said we're starting over. We're not going to hold anything against either of us from the past, but we're going to try working together as partners going forward. It doesn't mean the old stuff doesn't come up or, or old I stuff doesn't imagine. get triggered. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. If, as long as you both understand that that process is going to happen and then have a process to actually deal with it, which is, Hey, you know what? This is coming up for me. I, I think it's about this. <laughs> let's talk about it and let's work work our way through that. Because once you you do still have to work through some of that old stuff, even if you're doing stuff better from here forward. So it's not it's not you can't undo it, but you can definitely um, minimize the effect of the old stuff if you both agree to start over. And I guess for that to happen successfully, you have to own the old stuff. Yes, you do. Yeah, and I would imagine as well that you probably have to not only own your stuff, but you have to stop owning their stuff. And I've seen it where Mm -hmm. you say, well, she always this, or she's, you know, so you're casting what you believe Yep. To be how she feels. Yeah, on she's her. not going to let me do this because this right. is what happened in the past, or he always does right. this, so it's never going to work. Right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you do have to sort of agree to not do that, or at least when you do that, catch yourself, apologize, then do something better. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to hear the. Let's, but, 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 but I got to say this the way I do. Yeah. Okay. Like, it, this sounds like this huge mountain to climb. It okay? does. <laughs> but Have you met my wife? <laughs> no, but I've met you. Yeah, so. I know. Yeah, well, like, fair enough. So, so, you know, but the thing is, it gets easier as you go forward. Like, you know, so the, the, what, and this, this is the same for any change you want to make. So you make, you decide to make the change and then you go along, the situation comes up, you mess up sometime later, sometimes weeks or months later, you realize, holy crap, I messed that up. You didn't even know about it for several months. But as soon as it's made, uh, 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 brought to your awareness, you go back, you apologize, you take responsibility, you do whatever you need to do. It will happen again, but next, not, next time it's not going to be two months before you know it. It might be a month or it might be two right, weeks. that makes sense. And eventually it gets to be the next day or the next hour and eventually you catch yourself in the moment. And, and pretty soon you see it coming, you don't do it at all, okay? But it's a process. It does get better as time goes on. So even though it seems like a huge deal, it, it's, not, it's not insurmountable. It's, it's very doable, especially if you have the right like supports and knowledge and that sort of thing. And certainly it's not enough just to agree uh, without the help of somebody that, hey, we're just going to forget everything. Well, I mean, you could try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but it's like, you know, uh, d- depending on how, how far you are down that road, sometimes mm. you need a little bit of a mediator or sometimes a referee. Yeah. So <laughs> Sometimes a separation agreement, whatever works for a particular couple. Well, that's right. So you've got uh, seven ways, and we often have you in and say you've got three solutions to, or so, and we never get to them all, so I want to make sure we get to them all. Your first one is uh, checking out. So what does that mean? Okay, so, so these, are, these are the things that we do without even knowing that we're doing them that can really damage the relationship. So checking out, like, uh, so, um, you know, a common thing is you'll be talking to somebody, you'll be talking to your, your wife or your husband, and you realize, oh man, you know what, I need to go and get this thing from the next room. 
Mm. You get up and walk out. Okay, you walk and go get the thing, right? Mm. Because she becomes background music, right? R- right. Well, yeah. yeah. And 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 you know what you're doing in that moment is you're breaking the reciprocity. If we're just talking, you're having a nice conversation. I just got up and. <laughs> Please and don't. I let, right, exactly. An hour the, to kill the, gap, you. <laughs> the gap in the air yeah. is like, oh my, what's that? Yeah. Right? It, it's weird. It feels weird. It feels jolting. And so that's what happens in a relationship. So it, it may not necessarily cause a fight in that instance, but you do that over time. The cumulative effect is when I'm talking, he or she never is listening. They're never fully engaged with me. And so clearly I'm not that important to them. Right? And so it really does erode the, that sense of connection, that sense of in- intimacy that we're trying to create and we want to enjoy with each other. So what I say instead is, look, you know, like we can't always be fully engaged at every moment. It's okay. You just need to call it. If you say, you know, hon, I really want to hear what you have to say, but do you mind if we, you know, just come with me to this next room because I really have to get this thing. I got to fold the laundry. I got to, I forgot I got, forgot to turn off the stove or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or you say, listen, I'm sorry. I just remembered I have to do this. Can can you just hold that thought for a second? I'll be right back. But don't just get up and leave. How about right? the other side of it? Is it okay to say, listen, I need your undivided attention for this? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that's actually a very loving thing to do, right? Because if the other person knows, if you basically what you're doing, Andrew, is you're setting the context for the discussion. So sometimes, yeah, it can be like, you know, we're watching TV or we're listening to the radio and we're just talking about stuff and it's not mm-hmm. really that deep, right? You don't really need somebody's undivided attention. But sometimes you do. And I think it's fair, it's more fair to say, listen, you know, this is really important. Do you mind putting the phone down? Do you mind turning off the TV or whatever it is? I leave early, I need to talk to you about something, right? That's That's way more fair than just, sort of ambushing them with important yeah. information and then being pissed off because they're not paying yep. attention. I've uh, been there, done that, got yeah, the t-shirt. So have I. <laughs> All right, let's uh, take our first break so we don't run out of time as we did in the last uh, hour. We're sitting down with Dr. Gans Ferentz as part of our monthly edition of How Does That Make You Feel? We're talking seven ways you're killing your relationship. We got past number one. We'll try and get to the other six. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the 6.30 Chit Afternoon News. Dr. Gans Ferentz in uh, with his uh, monthly installment of How Does That Make You Feel? We were talking about the seven ways you're killing your relationship we talked about checking out and number two is uh, also checking but this time checking your phone <laughs> Can you imagine what that entails so, so you know modern technology is you know can be very helpful and enhance our lives and and make things a lot easier but the problem and i've said this before on this show is that um, with the rapid change in how available information is and the quickness that the technology actually moves, we have not been able to set up good rules, societal rules and, and, and relationship rules around what this new thing is as quickly as the, as the new stuff comes up, right? So I've had couples who they're, they're fighting and they're, they're not understanding why they're having such a hard time. But then, you know, I see them in session and they'll be like every buzz, they're like, looking over at their really? thing or you know what I mean or you know they're you know they're you know somebody's talking and somebody's yeah. checking their phone out or, or whatever right and so this is one of those things that really and I have to catch myself doing it as well um, it's it's one of those things that we don't even notice we're doing but if I'm talking to you and I'm constantly checking my phone and I'm you know doing whatever it, it's breaking that that connection it's breaking that continuity 
And so it can really feel like, again, the other person is not as important as the virtual people. Right. Or as one person said to me today, oh, we're just killing time until something better comes up on your phone, right? <laughs> so, it's like, I so. know it does feel like that some way. And I'm, I'm the guilty party in, in that particular right. case, right? But I'm always, well, I'm not even going to try and justify it, too. <laughs> I've had the conversation with my wife a million times. Basically, I'm just keeping an eye on things to make sure there's nothing breaking I got you right? so, so here's what I suggest okay because okay. sometimes you do have to do that sometimes yeah. you have to stay in the mood or in the groove of whatever's going on if you're doing that I, I think if you can make that thing whatever you're doing an event so hey listen I apologize ahead of time I've got this going on so I may be from time to time checking this I apologize but it's not because I don't want to be with you I just I just need to be on top of this but once this this finite situation is done I'm all yours okay, okay? so um, you know or another way to do it is to say okay you know what uh, I've got to check this every five ten minutes or half an hour or whatever it is so we'll talk but as soon as that that thing goes off the alarm goes off or whatever I do have to do this for five minutes and I'm all yours again and that way it's it's somewhat um, firewalled right mm -hmm. you firewall your time but you also um, keep the interruptions all in one group, right? So you're not constantly being interrupted over and over. So assuming that you're not a surgeon on call mm -hmm. and that you're not expecting breaking news to happen... Uh, every second. Every second. <laughs> is it a bad idea to have uh, phone-free time? Never a bad idea. And it's, not, it's not just not a bad idea for your relationship. It's not a bad idea. It's a, it's a really important idea for your brain, your sense of stress, your health. We should have quiet, phone-free or technology-free, screen-free time uh, every day. Okay, we, we need, we actually need solitude um, to be by ourselves and not have information either coming in or coming at us. And that even includes reading, you know. Some, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes we always, some people just always have to have something going on in the background. Phone, TV, music, whatever it is, right? But even something um, relatively passive, I guess, or active like reading is, you know, you're still taking in information. Sometimes your brain just needs to breathe. You know what I mean? You just need to have some downtime. Look at the clouds. Enjoy the smell of the forest. Although you know? some people would argue that their downtime is using technology, that they're playing a game on their phone or they're... Well, it's it's a different time. Um, and there's nothing wrong with the technology itself or using a break like that. But that shouldn't be the only break you ever get mm -hmm. because the, the, the thing is you're still having to engage in some way. Your mind is still engaged in some way in doing that. They've actually done studies mostly on kids and they find that the the more screen time they have, the more irritable they get, the higher stress they feel, the more anxious and depressed they feel. On the converse side, the more time, more time they have away from screens, but not just away from screens, but actually interacting with nature. So going for a walk in the woods or sitting by the river or looking at a lake or whatever, all that stuff flips and you actually hmm. feel more calm, less depressed, more happy. And they find that empathy goes up where bullying goes up when the more screen time you have. Really? Yeah. So so hmm. there's something there's something inherent yeah. in the technology that is again not evil, right? Because there's, there's ways to use it, but we have to figure out ways to limit it and use it appropriately. So that's for our general health, but also for our relationships, because you do not want to be distracted when you're interacting with somebody you care about, right? I always say actual people are always more important than virtual people. <laughs> that's my rule of thumb. That's a pretty good point. Uh, not acknowledging your partner. Hmm. 
Uh, what is that? Uh, when your partner is saying something to you, you may not uh, be listening. That's kind of the same thing, isn't well, it? Well, okay, so this is a little bit different. Okay, right. So what happens sometimes is you're having a conversation and you're talking and, um, well, well the, the Army, the Army does this. Uh, if anybody's seen or, you know, uh, Scent of a Woman, I think it's called, mm -hmm. with Al Pacino, he's always going, hoo-ah! Yeah, yeah. Right? Okay. So what that actually is is an acronym in the Army, in the American Armed Forces. It's H-U-A, <laughs> Heard, Acknowledged, no, heard, understood, acknowledged. That's oh, what it stands for. I had no idea. Yeah. All right. So when when somebody gives you an order, huh or hua, gotcha. right? Heard, understood, acknowledged. So you're you're responding to the person that you understood what they said. A lot of times when you get into the groove with somebody, you actually don't. Somebody says something to you, is like, mm, and just keep going, right? And you don't really acknowledge that you heard them or that you're interacting with them or whatever. That is what are those things and they you might have heard and in your mind you might yeah okay i got it i'm on to the next thing right but when you don't acknowledge that other person it does feel it can feel like a disrespect it can That's feel interesting. like you know and what about you may perhaps along these same lines those individuals who anticipate what it is you're about to say and <laughs> finish your thought or sentence, but inaccurately. Right. Is that yeah. along the same lines? Kind of the same thing, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because they're not really listening or they're sort of making up in their own mind as they go along, right? Right. And so they don't really know what you're saying, but then they're going to act on whatever it is they imagine you're saying. <laughs> yeah. And then it <laughs> causes some problems. I uh, talk to people all day long for a living, and I, I do encounter that from time to time, and I find it interesting if you... You find yourself hes uh, hesitating less for fear that they'll fill in the rest of your <laughs> sentence and, and put a thought into your, you know, right. to your lips that is not true, right? right? And yeah. as a result of that, you're not as able to present your thoughts clearly mm -hmm. because you're now trying to anticipate. And I always think that that's also the other person telling you, whether it be a relationship or at this job, that the rest of your thought is unimportant. They'll, right. I'll, right. I'll fill it in for you. I'll tell you what yeah, you think. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly where you're going with that. And yeah, yeah. It's, well, uh, well it, so here's, here's what you do with that, right? Mm. You, you actually challenge them on that, right? It's okay. You say, hey, well, no, that's not quite what I meant. What I actually meant was this. Right, and that's how you get get back into the flow of things, right? And uh, because if you let it go, then they will <laughs> they will assume they know what you meant, and mm. they will act on that, yeah. and then you will not like you know you're, it's going to be a mismatch, and it's going to cause problems. Yeah. Next thing you know, we're going to uh, Cochrane for our summer vacation. <laughs> uh, we have to take our break. Uh, we're talking doctor to Doctor Gantz. Uh, seven ways you're killing your relationship without even knowing it. We've gotten through three. We'll plow through the other. Four when we return. <laughs> All right, we'll continue our uh, list with Dr. Gans Ferentz uh, in our segment called uh, How Does That Make You Feel? The Seven Ways You're Killing Your Relationship Without Knowing It. We got through three. Forgetting Your Manners is number four. <laughs> I guess that's, uh, what is that, familiarity breeds content? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, because, you know, what happens is, you know, our, the strangers in our lives get our best, and the people we love get our tired leftovers, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, a very simple thing. Treat, treat the people you love like, strangers or better yet like an honored guest and you'll have a much better relationship if you just say thank you and please and i appreciate that those little things really do add up and they mean a whole lot and also when you don't say them they add up and mean a whole lot as well so easy. yeah it, yeah i shouldn't even comment on that and i won't <laughs> uh, protecting your partner from worry is an interesting one this is this is an interesting one because it seems counterintuitive and this this yeah. is this is really um what happens is well, I think both both genders are um, sort of guilty of this, but I think men are a little more guilty of this than women, typically. 
uh, something's going on, right? Um, whether it's a financial thing or something at work or you're, you know, it might be a health problem or whatever. And what we want to do, especially being the men, we want to like, we want to protect our family. We mm-hmm. don't want to worry the kids. We don't want to worry our wives or whatever, right? And then, but the problem is they know something's up. They, they feel it. They feel the difference. Something's changed. They can't put their finger on it. So what they do is they, they make it up. And trust me, if they make it up, they're going to, they're, they're going to go the worst case, worst possible case scenario. And it's still, that's what they're going to think is true. And they're going to run with that. So it's actually more stressful for them to not know than it is to actually know, even if it's bad news. So it's one of those little things that we, the, the intention is right, but the execution is wrong. And so what you, the better thing to do is to actually talk to them. Hey, listen, I just want you to know this is what's going on with me. You don't have to do anything to fix it, but I don't want you to think that something's going on between the two of us or it's you or anything like that. I want you to understand it's this. And you just define it, and that makes the whole thing a lot less stressful for whoever you're dealing with, right? Well, well let's explore that for a second. Sure. Uh, specifically, finances in a home mm-hmm. are an ongoing... Mm-hmm. Number one cause of yeah, stress in exactly. relationships, yeah. Um, now, in my home, for example, and I'm sure many homes are the same, we've divided the responsibilities between my wife and I. My wife pays all the bills. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to think of her as the micromanager of the household, mm-hmm. but I'm the macro manager. So I lay out the plan for how the income is going to come in for the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. And basically, she tells me how much she needs each week. To run the whole thing. To run program. the whole thing, mm-hmm. and I make sure that that's in her, in our joint account mm-hmm. each week for her to do that. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a little more at the end of the month because mortgage and stuff like mm-hmm. that that only comes out. Um, but is it fair to, you know, if I'm looking at the big macro picture and saying, wow, I'm not doing as much comedy as I used to do, mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever the big picture is. I mean, should you sit down like a business and have a meeting about a thing like that? I mean, how how do you handle that? Yeah, I would actually. I, I yeah. would. I, you know, and, and it depends on her, right? And like, because obviously, you guys have talked about how you're going to split this whole thing up and what what's you know who's going to do what and who's better at what. Right? Yeah. So she may actually want that information, or sometimes maybe she doesn't. Like, you don't have to tell me if you're having a bad month now. Just let me know if, in general, in it's going to be a picture. bad month. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, and and so it depends on how much information she wants and when. But I think if it is something that's bugging you, because it's not just sort of a business partnership, it's a romantic partnership and it's an emotional partnership, she's going to feel the change in you, right? Mm -hmm. And I think for that reason alone, it is important to have that conversation. Hey, you know, honey this is what's going on and she might say oh well that's okay i got this th- thing extra we can do this so it's fine it's it's handleable right but but you still need to share with her the emotional changes happening with you so she doesn't assume that it's something else right like her or whatever who knows what yeah. she might make up and uh, these things are not always necessarily a two-way street right i mean they don't mm-hmm. by definition if for example using my example mm-hmm. um I do need my wife to know the big picture of where we're Mm -hmm. headed, which would include, by the way, down the road, our plans for retirement or my Mm -hmm. retirement and how I plan to get there Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. Um, But I don't need to know specifically how much cable costs us each month unless she's asking for more money. And when I I do make inquiries, it's not, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll often get the... 
that's my job to right. handle that. <laughs> right. So is that fair? I mean, that's her job. If that's what you guys agreed to, then yeah. Then so you it have depends to, right. on the agreement. Obviously. Exactly. It depends yeah. on the agreement. Like, okay, so like if you're in a corporation, you hire a, a vice president of operations, you know, you can't go in there and start asking the frontline workers how, you know, yeah. to, you know you're not making the widgets right, right? I mean, right. you're cutting through several layers of managers and stuff like that. That's disrespectful to the managers, right? I like so. that a lot. I'm going to start referring to my wife as vice president of operations. That's right. so that is clearly <laughs> what she is. Uh, number six, making nice. <laughs> making nice. So it's another one of those ones that... Um, Typically, your heart's in the right place, but the execution is not good again. So the idea is that, you know what, ah, things are going good. I don't want to rock the boat. Yeah, that bugged me, but I'm, not, I'm just going to let it go. I don't want to be seem like I'm nitpicky. I don't want to, you know, be a complainer or wimpy or whatever like that, right? And, and so you just kind of let it go and let it go. The problem is we can't make nice forever. And it's, you know, when, when our tank is full and we start to address stuff, we, we tend to address whatever the last thing was mm. that, that came into the tank, mm -hmm. but then you address that last thing with all the energy of all the other stuff in the tank coming out at it, right? So, you know, we're having this knock-down, drag-out fight over who put the cap on the toothpaste right. on, right? You know what I mean? It's hard to put that cork <laughs> back once you've tapped oh, the yeah. keg, for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, and you think about it, you know, think about it like this. If I if I throw lit gas, a lit, lit match into a gallon, uh, you know, a a, a, uh, whatever, a couple gallons sure. of gasoline, right? I'm going to have a big explosion, right? Yeah. Take that same amount of gas, put it in the car, little explosions, drive the car wherever I want to go, okay? So same deal with these things that come up in the relationship. You want to address them early and often. Whenever they come up, if you can't let it go, you should talk about it because if you don't, it's going to be a much bigger fight. You're going to pay for it with interest, and then it's mm. much harder to be able to put stuff back so together So when you with say that. making nice, you're actually saying don't make nice. Don't make nice. No, you cannot <laughs> make nice in your relationship. The, the, okay, so the, the research on this is this. P couples who don't argue actually don't last as long, and they also report lower, marital, lower relationship satisfaction than the couples who do. Now, it doesn't mean you swear at each other and throw stuff around, okay? It means you, ha you have to have the agreement that it's 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 important and responsible for you both to talk about how you feel and if something's rubbing you the wrong way to gently and respectfully bring that up with your partner because then they have an opportunity to fix it the other person's not a mind reader they can't read they can't understand what's going wrong if you don't tell them because it might not be wrong for them mm -hmm. all right but when you share that with them they have an opportunity to fix it or they don't. And if they don't, then that gives you information as to the health of that relationship. So you're right? saying, I'm just curious about that one point. You're saying, that, you know, it doesn't have to be a drag out, you know, throw things fight. Yeah. Is there ever a case where that is helpful if that's the nature of that relationship? Not really. I okay. don't think so. I, I, I think like sometimes you can be passionate. Do you know what I mean? Yes. You can, um, you can definitely have a lot of uh, meaning and passion behind what it is you're trying to express or what your opinion is. But I don't think it's ever okay or appropriate to disrespect the person you're supposed no, to be on your team. No, for sure. Right? You know what I'm actually thinking about, Gans, mm -hmm. and you've sort of got a, a bit of a dog in this race. Mm -hmm. um, you talked earlier about resetting. Mm -hmm. Uh, I find in, and there's many different forms of relationships, as you well know, mm -hmm. I find, and this is a bit of a peek behind the curtain, my relationship with Jalen and I mm -hmm. needs to get reset about once every couple of months. Mm -hmm. And it's usually as a result of 
we will argue a point here on the show, and the conversation will continue into the off-air portion. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly, this venting takes place. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's so beneficial for Mm -hmm. both of us. Mm -hmm. We're both passionate. We're both... Mm -hmm. We know how to speak to one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I say, it doesn't involve insults or anything right. like that. But the laundry lists come out, and we reset, and it's beautiful. And and, and that's cool if that's your particular process, mm-hmm. right? As long as you both feel respected and understood in that, you know, this is our process. We're doing this because it clears the air. Because you hit on a real important point here, Andrew. When we don't make nice and we actually bring stuff up... It's, act, it's, it's actually a, an act of love. And it's actually an act of respect for the other person to say, you know what, I don't want this stuff in between us. Mm. Let's fix it. Right. Right. Um, uh, now, some of us are, have learned to do that easier and, and more efficiently than others, right? But that's generally what you're trying to do. I don't want this to be between us, so let's, let's deal with it. Let's, exactly. let's, let's talk about it. Even yep. if we talk about it passionately, let's just do it respectfully, but let's talk about it. So yep. get, clear it and move on. And get back know? to where we want to be exactly. with each other. Exactly. Because yeah. the other piece of this is, the other beneficial thing to not making nice is, the whole purpose of relationships is to build intimacy. You can't do that if the other person doesn't know who you, are, who you really are, what's really going on with you. So by sharing what works for us and what doesn't work for us, they get to know us, and we get to know them, and then we rub each other's rough edges off, right? Yeah. That's, that's, so that's not always an easy process, but and, it's a and, necessary and process. And underlying all of that, whether it be a romantic relationship or a work relationship yeah. like Jay and I have, is, uh, in my opinion, trust. Mm-hmm. I completely trust that woman, mm-hmm. don't want to be partners with anybody else, mm-hmm. and I trust that if it's important for me to tell her something, yep. she'll listen, She'll listen, that's and right. vice versa, right? Yep. And that aids us in getting to that Right. Agreement, well, it's right? that it's that foundation of right. partnership and agreement that you say, okay, we're doing this for the good of this, right. not because I want to beat you up. Exactly. Right. And that's the the, the so the whole the intent is very different. Cool. We've only got uh, one to go, and then I want to switch <laughs> uh, gears a little bit. Still on the topic of relationship with uh, relationships with Doctor Gantz, but let's take a break right now. All right. We got through uh, six ways that most of us are probably killing our relationship without even knowing it. Uh, number seven: not setting a positive tone. Yeah, that that so this one's a very very subtle but also quite powerful. So what what the research has shown is the first few seconds that you interact with somebody after you haven't seen them for a while can set the tone of the relationship for several hours after. So you know a one one of the ones is let's say somebody's not a morning person and you get up and you say hey good morning honey. Mm. Right? <laughs> okay. Or you come home from work and they totally ignore you. They just stay on the computer or just keep watching TV or reading the paper or whatever, right? That does not do anything good for your relationship. It actually helps to erode that sense of closeness, that sense of intimacy, right? When, you know, and, and, and think about this from a child's perspective. If somebody comes home, hey, daddy, mommy, I'm home, and, or you ignore them, right? Yeah. You can imagine the, the pain that child would, child would feel, right? Well, our nervous system, just because we're adults, our nervous system is not different from that child's. We feel it, we just don't complain about it, right? Or we just don't, don't you know, cry about it or whatever. But but it feels like a little bit of an insult. It feels like, well, this person really doesn't want to see me, right? Right. And if you think about when you first start dating, 
if you did, if you did that with your like on your first date or your second date or your third date, you probably wouldn't be married. You probably wouldn't be with this other person, right? For sure, <laughs> right? Well, why not? Why wouldn't you be? Because they I don't want to live with that the rest of my right, life. Right, exactly. They wouldn't want it. They would like, well, this person clearly doesn't th- care about me. If they, right. you know, like, you know, I show up for the date and they sort of ignore me and then, oh, yeah, well, you ready to go? What's going on? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what? A, complicate, a complicating factor to that has to be your previous experience in history, right? Mm-hmm. And, and for whatever reason, and I'm almost 60 years old. I can't mm-hmm. remember what I am. 58, I think I am. Mm-hmm. I, I'm at that age where you forget how old you are. So, whatever that is. <laughs> um, And as you were saying that, it was just funny. I was thinking about a time when I went to school for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I came home from school, and all my brothers, three brothers and a sister, and my mom all quizzed me on how school had gone that day. Mm -hmm. So who's your teacher? What's she like? What's Mm -hmm. your classroom look like? Um, A year later, I came home from my first day of school, now in grade two, Mm -hmm. and I was actually looking forward to that quizzing that I was going to get, and it didn't come at all. And it was only years later that I realized, well, they quizzed me because the first time was my first time ever at school. Mm -hmm. So they were interested. Mm -hmm. The second time, it was old news, right? Right. But for whatever reason, and the reason I say my age, so that's what, 52 years Mm -hmm. ago? I've never forgotten. Yeah, that's right. So to this day, if I come home with a, you know, I expect... It sounds awful for me to say it out loud. I expect for somebody to care. Well, why is that awful to say out loud? That's well, because I don't want to expect... sound needy, but I mean, I walk in the door, I'd like somebody okay. to bark or something, right? Well, okay, so here's the problem. This is this is exactly what we are talking about the last last little um, point here. That's making nice. You don't have to make nice to pretend you're tough, right? It's like, no, I would like somebody to care that I'm home. Right. <laughs> right. I would like somebody to care that I woke up that morning. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It would be nice. It would yeah. be nice for somebody to acknowledge my existence. Yeah, That's okay. Exactly. <laughs> That's and this is not this is not uh, it's not a conscious thing that we're that you're you're describing here, Andrew. This is this is a hardwired neural like neurology. Okay, we we have evolved to be in relationships. We don't we don't survive well as humans by ourselves. We survive better as a group or in a in a tribe or, or whatever in a herd. So if we're not if we don't feel like we belong or we're cared about. It is a threat to our existence, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, so that's what happens at the nervous system level. At a relationship level, it is nice to know that your family cares if you're home or not. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so why not say that? You know, it would be nice. You know, it's nice when you say or you smile at me in the morning and say good morning. Mm-hmm. Or you see me come in and say, hey, honey, how was your day? Do you know what I mean? Anything yes. like that. Just, and it doesn't take a lot. Right, okay. And so so that is that is that 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 is something that, again, you can see how powerful it is because mm-hmm. this is 50 some years later yeah. and you remember that still thinking that about sense it, yeah. of okay yes i'm setting the tone i'm i'm, I'm yeah. here i'm i'm you're important you're ma- it matters that you're here it matters what you did when you work with couples do you find and again i'm it's theoretical on mm-hmm. my part but you can confirm either way that the go-to move for any individual in a relationship is to provide the other partner what they need themselves when they play nice. So in other words, right. I need to be acknowledged when I come home, so I acknowledge my wife when she comes home, but right. she doesn't necessarily need, that right. might not be what she needs. Right. Um, I'm just going to be honest with you, it bugs me that my wife never asks me how a show goes. Mm-hmm. It bugs mm-hmm. me. And when I bring it up to her, mm-hmm. that I feel like I'm airing dirty laundry, uh, but she'll say, 
Well, I know it went well, or else you'd have the story of how badly it went. <laughs> I have faith in you. Right, you? exactly. I, I know you're good at what you do, exactly. and so I don't sure ask. because it was right. yeah, Exactly. And so she's showing support that way. Right. Because that's probably how she would re- re- receive re- uh, support. But you show support, and like, I'm going sh- to ask about how your thing was. Yes. Because that's how hey, I receive it. She goes it. to get the vacuum cleaner fixed. <laughs> I want to know every detail. Right. right. <laughs> Right? Right. Which is not common among husbands, right. I don't think. I actually want to hear the story. Right, right. Well, but but, the, but you, you're correct in that assumption that you say that we give love the way we like to receive love. That's typically. And, 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 you know, if you look at pretty much any major religion, that's uh, some sort of core in that belief system is the golden rule. Like, do unto others as you'd mm. like, to, as you'd have done to you, right? Which, you know, it's better than treating people like crap, yeah. but a better rule is do unto others as they would have done unto them, right? So, but we don't always know what that is. Right. But that, that's where that conversation t- comes in. There's a great book called, uh, it's called, called The Five Love Languages. Lots of people probably have heard of that. Um, <clears throat> and they talk about these five, you know, kind of stereotypical ways that people, their, their language of love. And so sometimes one person might be, let's say, acts of service, that you do something for, let me take out the garbage, let me fill up your car with gas, right. let me do yeah. this, right? Somebody else might be words of affirmation, so I need you to tell me you love me or to ask how my day is going or, or whatever. And so if I'm giving you acts of service and you're giving me words of affirmation but you're not doing anything for me, you know what I mean? I feel not loved even though you're giving me the love right. you, you think I yeah. want, but you're also not feeling loved because I'm not giving you in on your channel, basically. Right. Do you know what I mean? I absolutely do. Yeah. So it's important to have that conversation and say, well, let's 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 talk about this. Let's you know let's let's put some um, conscious attention to how we do this and figure out what really works for you and what really works for me. And let's let's do that for each other. You know, one of uh, it would have been a list of eight had you included this, but I thought you might, <laughs> and I thought it might be a, a subcategory of one of these, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure that I heard it. Um, in taking one's security away, you talked about, you know, you need to tell the other person about financial woes or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Right? Um, but don't you need to somehow, when I think of taking security away, somehow get it through to your partner that no matter what, you're committed to this, though. Mm-hmm. Right? So, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking the best example, again, from my own past would be many, many years ago. I had an argument with my wife, and I packed a bag and walked out the front door. Mm-hmm. So, and we hadn't been married long. Mm-hmm. And of course, I had my sense. I came to my senses, and I came back. And when cooler heads prevailed, we discussed everything that led to that. We mm-hmm. worked it out. But she said, "You took my security mm-hmm. away right then. Mm-hmm. Don't ever do that again." Mm-hmm. And I have never done that mm-hmm. again. So, I mean, is there? Do you have to reaffirm your commitment, I guess? Or I don't even know what I'm asking, to be honest with you. Is there... I mean, I guess that's a really bad thing to take away someone's emotional security. Well, well yeah. I mean, because they have to be able to count on you. If you're, if you're in a committed relationship... Well, let's, let's, let's take it out of the, the relationship, like marriage part. Let's just do a job, okay? Mm-hmm. If you were to walk off the job every time you got pissed off... Yeah. 
<laughs> Do you understand? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't work very well. <laughs> right. Okay. So, and they wouldn't hire you. They wouldn't, they would continue to employ you because they don't know, they can't trust you. Okay. So if it works in something that doesn't have the same kind of emotional investment as a, as, as a marriage, then it for sure is going to work right. in a marriage. Trust right? is, I guess, the best Trust word, is a right? huge thing, right? Yeah. And so, like, can I trust you not to abandon me? Can I trust you if the going gets rough that, you know, before you pack your bags and leave, we'll talk about it. Right. We'll, and we'll if I can't it. trust you, then I don't want to talk then about why it we, why are we doing this? Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, so, you know, can't bring stuff up because who knows when you're going to bolt, Exactly. Right? Yeah. Dr. Gantz, as always, we've run out of time. It's a great conversation. Our taxi line is full of people saying, why don't you come back more often? <laughs> I tell you that every time you leave. If people want to get hold of you, if they want to take part in your services or read what you have, what's the website? The re- website is drgans.com. Doctor spelled out, right? Yeah, yeah. And Gans is G-A-N-Z dot com. So drgans.com. And the phone number is 780-428-LIFE. 428-5433. Perfect. Another great uh, section, another great segment of how does that make you feel? It makes me feel better. I feel, <laughs> I feel both uh, healthy and vindicated. All right. All right. We'll take a break. Uh, when we come back, well, we'll do other stuff. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.